0: competition for us is Lab Created Diamond. They're, they're making a very big play in the market. So if you've got a consumer that's, you know, comparing prices here and she took a two-carat gemstone, she would spend maybe $1,500 on a very high-end Charles and Colvard Moissanite stone. If she were to garner the same stone in Lab Created Diamond, she'd probably spend twenty to 21000 but here's But here's where it's really interesting. When you compare it to a mined diamond, that could be as much as 40 to 45,000. There's such a gap between Charles and Colvard Moissanite prices and the the truly next competitor which is lab created diamond that for the value oriented shopper, she's going to choose our stone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Stock Podcast. I'm your host Nate Abercrombie. If you're new to the podcast, well, you're listening to the only investing podcast where you get to hear interviews with public company CEOs and CFOs. For professional investors, the chance to hear senior management talk about their business is called corporate access, and institutional investors, so I'm talking about mutual funds and hedge funds, they pay hundreds of millions of dollars to have access to management. In my opinion, access to management is a really big advantage that institutions have over everyone else. And my hope in providing this type of content is to level the investment playing field. In this episode, I'm really excited to have the CEO of Charles and Colvard, Suzanne Maglucci, on the program. Charles and Colvard is a consumer discretionary company that manufactures, markets, and distributes moissanite gemstones, as well as jewelry that incorporates the gemstones. You'll hear a lot more about this from Suzanne, but naturally occurring moissanite is extremely rare, even more rare than diamonds. That's because moissanite probably came from space. It was first discovered more than 100 years ago by a French chemist who was looking at rock samples from a meteor crater in Arizona. But now, with technological advances, we've been able to recreate moissanite in a lab. And Charles and Colvard was the first company to introduce moissanite to the jewelry market in the late 1990s. They're also the leading manufacturer globally with trademark brands like Forever One and Moissanite by Charles and Colvard. So if you're in the market for a phenomenally brilliant gemstone, and I'm not just pumping the product here, it really is brilliant. Moissanite's more brilliant than diamonds are. They have more fire than diamonds have. In fact, the only category where Moissanite doesn't beat out diamonds, it's with hardness. And we're talking about the slimmest of margins. But anyway, if you want to check out one of these gemstones, be sure to ask your jeweler about them because they really are impressive. And maybe even more important, at least for some listeners, Moissanite is an extremely environmental and socially responsible alternative to diamonds. Really quickly on the financials, Charles and Colvard has a market cap of about $46 million, $13 million in cash, no debt, which puts the enterprise value at $33 million. Now, before we get to the interview, I ask that you consider what I said earlier. My goal in creating this program was to give everyone the chance to hear interviews with a public company management team. And again, institutions pay really big bucks to have this type of access. But the stock podcast requires listener support. This program would not be possible without your support. And so I ask that you check out the donate page on the website. Another way to support the program is by subscribing. So either on the website or the podcast platform that you use, click subscribe. And then finally, please spread the word. There are a gajillion different podcasts out there, which makes podcast discovery extremely hard. So for you to tell one person that you know, whom you think might get something out of these types of interviews would go a long way for me personally. All right, I'll end my spiel there. Let's get to the interview with Charles and Colvard CEO Suzanne McGlucci. Suzanne, thank you so very much for coming onto the podcast. I'm really looking forward to talk about your background and your company.
0: Thanks, Nate. I appreciate you having me today.
1: That's my pleasure. Could we first start out just hearing about your background?
0: Sure. Um, I'm actually an executive from the technology space. I primarily came from business software such as um, SAP. Uh, I worked at Computer Associates. And um, just prior to Charles and Colvard, I worked at a company called Channel Advisor. Um, I acted as chief marketing officer and I ran uh, marketing and product management and support uh, and services for that company. So kind of a broad technology background, which is kind of an odd fit for somebody that runs a jewelry company, but I'm sure yeah. we'll get into that.
1: Yeah. So, oh yeah, what, what brought you to a jewelry company?
0: Well, it was interesting, um, you know, Channel Advisor is a software company that helps brands and retailers expand their global sales footprint and they help them do it through marketplaces and digital marketing and I was very deeply involved with several thousand global brands and retailers using the platform. And in 2015, I took a board seat at Charles and Colvard um, to help provide a little bit of oversight on sort of the pathway toward being a brand or how to establish a direct to consumer relationship through online channels, figuring it would be a really great fit for me to bring that that background here. Um, It just so happened that that was right at the same time that the then CEO uh, was retiring from the business. Um, and the board asked me to interview for the seat and here I am. I I took the CEO helm in uh, December of 2015.
1: Okay. And could you talk a little bit about Charles and Colvard and just the background there, the genesis story, if you will?
0: So, Charles and Colvard is the original creator of the lab-grown gemstone called Moissanite. The company's been manufacturing this gem since its inception, which was way back in 1995. For all of those first 20 some odd years, Nate, uh, the company was very much a manufacturer, um, the company relied on distribution partners to do the job of taking the product to market. Um, in fact, they had a patent on moissanite production globally for the first 20 years of the company. When I came on board um, at the end of 2015, they were coming off patent and it was kind of an interesting time. The board and the company were trying to figure out how do we how do we make this, um, this company viable going forward as we go off patent and what, what do we do? And that's where my background in e-commerce and online channels really sort of played. In 2016, um, in the month of October, we kind of hit the hard reboot button and we pivoted the company and the model toward being more of a direct to consumer model. We really felt like a direct connection with the consumer was the way for us to tell the brand story, to talk about Moissanite, the product and its value, um, and to bring that consumer in, whether she's buying directly from us or through other channels. We felt like it was important for us to start to, to really bang the drum and talk the story of Moissanite because our original business model didn't do that for us. And so when we did this reboot, um, we really launched an omnichannel and a very much an online channel sales strategy. Where we were out there with our own website. We were out there with digital marketing strategies to tell the story um, on marketplaces around the globe um, eventually and different ways for the consumer to find us and to engage with us. We just posted our Q4 fiscal year 2019 earnings and Thrilled to say we we posted four profitable quarters for the year, but I think I'm even more proud of the fact that our online channels, where we do most of our direct-to-consumer business, is now more than half of our revenue. So, we've really successfully pivoted the business, Nate, and and we're very much this direct-to-consumer business. Now, it doesn't mean that the legacy business went away. Half the business is still through um, retail outlets and um, through some of those distributors that have been with us for some time. But the good news here is that we've established a relationship with the consumer. And we feel it's a rising tides lift all boats scenario where that relationship causes them to search for moissanite, right? Search for that alternative to diamond and then find us wherever we might be in the market.
1: Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Half of your business is direct to compu- consumer. So that's, I would imagine the margins are just a little bit nicer <laughs> when you're selling directly to a consumer and you don't have to pay an intermediary or paying some sort of, Retailer that then takes a, a, a cut of some of your profits, so that, that's pretty well, impressive.
0: Yeah, you've you've connected the dots directly. So the reason, one um, ultimately, the reasons that we're we're profitable today and have four profitable uh, consecutive profitable quarters under the belt, is because of this migration to these online channels. Um, we call it direct. The most direct is charlesandcolvard.com, our own uh, transactional website. Um, and then we have others where there's a, a short hop through a third party, like a marketplace, um, but they command far um, less a cut of our revenue than some of our traditional channels, like when we're going through a distributor or through a retailer. And so we have very nice blended uh, gross margins, but the best margins come from our online channels and the very best margin comes from our own direct
1: site. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would be really interested to hear how you made that transition from a manufacturer of moissanite to making the actual jewelry. So everything involved with creating the final product. But before we get to that, I think it's really important to talk about what moissanite is.
0: So moissanite is um, something called silicon carbide. If you talk about the chemistry of it, it's made of of two elements off the periodic table, silicon and carbon. Um, It's a really rare mineral. You can find it on the surface of the Earth, but in such tiny little shards that um, they're, they're of very little value and you certainly can't make any kind of jewelry from them. Um, it was discovered well over a hundred years ago by a French gentleman by the name of Henri Moisson. Um, he actually found these shards in the Diablo Canyon in Arizona. and He took it back to his laboratory and spent his entire life trying to recreate um, this uh, very rare mineral uh, was not successful, but knew that there was something in hand here. It wasn't really until the scientists here um, in, uh, in Greater Raleigh at Charles and Clovard and some other industrial players uh, figured out how to do it. The, the challenge that Henri Moisson had is that when silicon and carbon come together in the Earth's atmosphere, they don't generally have an opportunity to come and match up. And that's because we're exposed to oxygen in in the atmosphere. And when silicon and oxygen come together, well, it creates silicon dioxide and and you get sand. Ah. So, what Henri was missing is that you really needed to create a vacuum in order to create silicon carbide. And that's why we believe, Nate, that moissanite came from the stars. We actually believe it came from a meteorite because it was out in the atmosphere where there is no oxygen and silicon and carbon have the ability to come together. So, Fast forward all those years nineteen ninety five Charles and Colvard was actually spun out of a, a local company in Raleigh here called Cree. Cree is one of the major industry manufacturers of silicon carbide, but primarily for industrial purposes today um, if you they're publicly traded, you can look them up. They do quite a, a booming business. Um, Supporting electric cars and uh, solid state electronics, um, even light bulb work where, where you use silicon carbide because it's a conductive material. But it just so happened that uh, kind of there was a happy day in the laboratory one day when they were playing with the formula and realized that they could take the color out of the substrate material. And that's when certain family members of Cree realized um, that they had a secondary business. And so those family members spun out and formed. Charles and Colvard. And, and that's how the, the business began. And so we, are, we were exclusively focused on creating gemstones from this substrate material that you know on the other side of the business goes off and makes industrial materials. It just so happens that it's gorgeous. And so moissanite has more fire and brilliance than any other gemstone in the world, including diamond. What that means is it's more sparkly. So when beams of light go into the moissanite gemstone, it actually has the ability to take one beam of light and split it into two. It's called um, a double refractive property. And so imagine that the gemstone emits more light than is in the room because it's taking the light and it's doubling it, which which is pretty cool. So it's very, very sparkly. And then it has more fire, which means it takes the white light and it can break it into its component pieces. So you get little pops of color that come off the gemstone as well. And the other thing that's gorgeous about it is that it's second in hardness only to diamond. And so as you're um, putting this beautiful gemstone into jewelry, you can pretty much be assured that it's not going to chip or scratch um, or break because it has a hardness um, unrivaled other than diamond. And so for that reason, we actually guarantee the gemstone for a lifetime because we don't anticipate that anything's going to happen to it. And God forbid, should something go wrong, um, we're going to replace it for you 100% uh, for the rest of your life. So the world's most brilliant gem, it just so happened though, back to the beginning of the question about the jewelry, um, we were just making rocks. And it's really hard for a consumer to get emotional about a rock.
1: If you'd like to continue listening to this interview, you'll need to become a member. To become a member, just visit thestockpodcast.com. Members have access to all full-length episodes, and depending on the membership that you purchase, You can even have access to the transcripts. So just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click membership at the top. Also, if you really enjoyed the music, you should check out Danheim. That's D-A-N-H-E-I-M. Mike at Danheim gave me permission to use the music for the podcast, and so a huge thanks to Danheim. And with that, take care and good luck with your portfolio.